is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, I dropped everything and listened to every syllable coming out of Joe Biden's mouth, every single thing he had to say. And first of all, when you look at his body language and the way he speaks and so forth, you see that he simply is not capable of doing this job despite his references to the fact that he's met repeatedly with with military leaders and spoken to commanders and so forth. We just lost 12 men. We just lost 12 men. Now, before I go any further, 11 Marines, one Navy medic, I want to honor these men. I want to honor all the men and women who are doing everything they can under impossible circumstances. Created by our politicians and the leading politician, Joe Biden. Go ahead. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea. Let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be grateful for a land so fair as we raise our voices, voices in a solemn prayer. From above, from 
The Marines.
Smart Lupin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Since I spoke to you, the death toll has now risen from 12 to 13 Americans who were set up today and killed by terrorists. Now let me say something about this president. His words mean nothing. We're going to hunt down the perpetrators in our time and get them. There shouldn't have been any perpetrators in the first place. In order to avoid casualties, taking it to these bastards, we have casualties in an evacuation, a surrender. This president is abusing the United States military. These generals are a disgrace. If not one of them raised objections to giving up our airport there, then every damn one of them should be court-martialed, at least fired, but they won't be. The Peter Principle at work. Lincoln fired generals. Other presidents fired generals, but these generals, they may have been courageous in war, but they're gutless now, that's for sure. We have citizens who cannot get out of there. I don't trust this number. I don't trust this number they put out. And they're not going to get out of there. Has it occurred to anybody? You keep hearing, the Taliban don't like ISIS, and ISIS doesn't. Who the hell let ISIS out of the prisons? As well as Al-Qaeda. Who let ISIS out of the prisons? The Taliban. Who surrounded the airport immediately? The Taliban. How did ISIS breach the Taliban encircling the airport? Who decided that? The Taliban. And we have stories coming out of horrendous brutality by the Taliban. Doesn't much matter to me which cockroach is involved in any of this. They should have all been taken out, at least to some great extent. How about those white dominant, white supremacist, 
soldiers of ours who died, huh? 13 of them. Well, Mark, you don't know that they're all white. Doesn't matter. They're part of the system. They're part of the system. I don't hear them talking now about the white dominant white supremacist society. Every individual who's a member of our military is considered part of the white dominant society. We don't hear about that now, do we? From the president who kept promoting that ideology. They were examining their social media three weeks ago. They were indoctrinating them on critical race theory three weeks ago. They froze their budget three weeks ago. That's what they think of the United States military. That's what they think of the United States military. Now let's get some facts on the table. He's the one that pulled out the military before the citizens. Before our allies' citizens. And before our Afghan allies. That was his decision. The buck stopped with him. He did it. He's the one that put our military in an impossible position. He created the Alamo. He created the Alamo. We're on an air base in the middle of a city. We don't even control the perimeter. We took our own air power away. What kind of a military takes its own air power out of the sky? We undermine the Afghan army. That's why they fled. 50,000 casualties in seven years. What, were they all shot in the back? He neutralized our ability to counterattack. Then they hand them a list of our citizens and the Afghans who helped us because we want to get them out. Wow, playing Russian roulette, or shall I say terrorist roulette, with the lives of other people. Hands them the list. Why? Because we don't have enough military assets to go in there and get them ourselves. So we have to rely on the Taliban, which gave Osama bin Laden safe haven, who hit us on 9-11 and slaughtered almost 3,000 Americans. That's who we're relying on. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Now, Biden's gotten at least 13 so far of our uh, military personnel killed. Now, why do I say that? Because we should never have been in this position. I'm not saying he killed them, but he's created the conditions, and so have his generals. If you should say Donald Trump is responsible for the deaths from the coronavirus... There's a much more direct link here. And the problem is we don't hold these people to account. A silent prayer is not enough. Biden created the circumstances for this. The reason why we're not striking if we know who did this, ISIS-K, is because we do not have the military resources and personnel in the region to do it. That's why. Because we closed down the airport. That's why. And the best way to teach a cockroach a lesson is to strike immediately. Immediately. But we're still on our mission. What is the mission? 
What is the mission? To get our people out safely? Well, what mission and what mission in any time in American history have we left dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of American citizens behind enemy lines? Ever see that movie? What is it? Uh, Not Sergeant Ryan. What is the movie? Save It, Private Ryan? Remember that movie, Mr. Producer? That's a heartbreaking movie, isn't it? We would send out whatever it took to get one man back. One man. Because that's who we are. That's what our military is about. One man, saving Private Ryan. And we have this long-in-the-tooth politician who comes into the Oval Office and does what he's wanted to do for a long time. Now, this, this General McKenzie, who I watched today, Mr. Producer in America, did he seem like he had any compassion whatsoever? I'm sure he does in his heart of hearts. Did he convey that? It didn't seem like it to me. I'm not saying a general should sit there crying. Of course not. We're going to stay on this mission. I said, I can't believe this. They just killed a whole bunch of our guys. And we're going to stay on this mission. And the president says today, this evening, and we're not going to let them deter us. Deter us from our mission? You mean surrender? No evacuation. They keep giving us 104,000 people evacuated. Okay, did you get all the Americans out? No. Well, let me know when that happens. Let me know when that happens. General Kenneth McKenzie. Cut three, Mr. Producer. Go. Do you still trust the Taliban, and is it possible that they let this happen? So as to whether or not they let it happen, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to, anything to convince me that they let it happen. As what do you mean there's I... nothing to convince you that they let it happen? Perhaps you're not familiar with 9-11. And they let ISIS out of that prison. So you're not convinced? He's not convinced. Taliban let it happen. No. This is very pathetic. Over the course of the last 10 days, give or take, the Taliban now is the good guy, but don't call him the good guy. No, we don't trust. Of course we don't trust him. But we're trusting them with everything. We just gave him a list of our citizens and a list of the Afghans who have assisted us through the war. We know they're not good guys. We don't trust them. You just handed them lists. If you don't trust them, why'd you hand them lists? No, I don't think they were behind this. Then why did they let ISIS out of the... They're supposed to hate ISIS. Why did they let them out of the prisons? Go ahead. That's, a, that's not necessarily a, that's a word I use very carefully. You've heard me say before, it's not what they say, it's what they do. They have a practical reason for wanting us to get out of here by the 31st of August. And that's, they want to reclaim, they want to reclaim the airfield. 
Uh, we, okay, we let, get... let, let, let's stop. I'm embarrassed by this, General. They want us out by August 31st. They don't have to do anything. Biden's leaving by October 31st. He's taking everything with him. We've given them all our equipment. We've given them the air base. We've given them everything. So what's the problem? Go ahead. Day two, if it's going to be possible to do so. So we share a common purpose. So as, as long as we've kept that common pur- purpose uh, aligned. What's the they- common purpose? We surrender and they win? That's the common purpose. Now we have a common purpose. We surrender. Leave tens of thousands of our allies over there. God knows how many American citizens. We leave. Becomes an entire terrorist nest, an entire country. They have $85 billion worth of our equipment, so we have a common interest. Have you ever heard of a general talk like this? Have you? Is this the way a World War II general would speak? Go ahead. Uh, useful to work with. They've cut some of our security some of our security concerns down, and they've been useful to work with going forward. No, they're the only thing you have to work with, General, going forward. There's nothing else. You've bocked yourselves in. There's no air power. There's no intelligence. The Afghan army collapsed because you pulled the rug out from under them. You decided to take one airport in the middle of their city, their biggest city, He created the Alamo. No external support. No ability to get the citizens. Certainly not a lot of them. And it's in our best interest, our common interest, to work with the Taliban, ladies and gentlemen. It's in our common interest to work with the Taliban. They created a scenario where the the only entity we could work with is the enemy. The only entity is the enemy. But now, don't forget there's ISIS. So we're supposed to hate ISIS more than the Taliban and more than Al-Qaeda. I hate them all. Don't you? All of them. They're all butchers. They're all cockroaches. They're all throwbacks. But now they want you to go, oh, the Taliban, at least they'll reason with us. Now the other guy, no, 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 they're the bad. Oh, I see. I keep hearing this. Now look, one's a fundamentalist, but one's really, really a fundamentalist. Oh, okay. So our American forces who have died fighting in Afghanistan against the Taliban, What was that all about? What was that all about? Joe Biden inherited a virtually perfect situation. ISIS, which he helped create with Obama, was wiped out. Effectively, there was no more caliphate. Syria was put in a box. Soleimani was dead. Baghdadi was dead. These are all Trump initiatives. Trump accomplishment. The deal with the Taliban 
and I don't favor any deal with the Taliban, but the deal with the Taliban requires the Taliban to negotiate with the Afghan government to have a joint government. Biden keeps pointing to that, you know, we had a May 1st, he said May 1st, <coughs> May 1st. It didn't just say May 1st, there were conditions. And no matter how many times people say this, whether it's General Kellogg and others, General Keene, I keep pointing out, there were conditions, 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 they're there, the damn thing's like 10, 12, 15 pages long. The conditions weren't met. Those 2,500 non-combat troops weren't going anywhere. That airport wasn't going anywhere. Do you take responsibility, Biden? Yes, I do, but it's Trump's fault. Over at the State Department, they're still blaming the victims. They're still blaming the citizens in Afghanistan. They didn't move fast enough. They didn't act fast enough. It's shocking. You know, they say Biden was given a number of options. Biden told these generals what to do. You look at this country right now. Last summer we went through hell. Hell. People trying to overthrow the country from within. Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Democrat Party sided with them. Sided with the violent rioters. We had this horrendous virus. Horrendous virus. They did all they could to blame Donald Trump, who happened to put together Operation Warp Speed, which came up with the vaccines, and therapeutics. We haven't had a new vaccine or therapeutic since. The economy was picking up. The border was as sealed as it's ever been. Everything's gone to hell. Because we have a man in the White House and a political party, the Democrat Party. Which hate this country. You look at those executive orders Biden signed. It's one hate America after another executive order. Listen to the things he said. Listen to the things he said. I think it was 2014 when he said, America, American. Can you define that? What's so special? I paraphrase, but I'm damn close. Who talks like that? So how are we going to get these American citizens out? We don't know. And so they throw numbers at us. First it was 15 or 13,000, then maybe 11,000, or we're not sure. Then they got it down to 4,500, and now it's down to 500 or something, right, Mr. Producer? 500. Wow. And don't worry, we gave the list to the Taliban. They'll help us get them. Oh, okay, cool. How many people have you heard calling to Fox or call into a congressman's office how many have heard about who are crying and crying I can't get my family out or I'm stuck here I can't get out or I watch them go next door and execute the family how many of those have we heard so we go into Afghanistan to kick Al Qaeda's ass and Taliban's ass so they don't attack us again and here we are working with the Taliban Because we have no military presence outside the airport. We've taken our 
superior military posture away from ourselves unilaterally. We removed it. We removed our own Air Force. We removed our, our jets and our helicopters and our bombers. We removed them ourselves. We surrendered $85 billion worth of equipment. I mean, mission accomplished. Mission's going well, ladies and gents. going perfectly well. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Too many reporters are falling for this, or they, they want to fall for it. These distinctions they're trying to make between the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Who cares if they fight with each other? Who cares? We saw what ISIS did in the Middle East. We saw what Al-Qaeda did to us. We saw what the Taliban was doing with our troops and the Afghans. What, what, what is this? Trying to persuade us that this was the only option we had, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. This is the biggest screw-up, as Colonel Richard Kemp, commander of the British forces in Afghanistan, said, since World War II. And it's going to reverberate right into our country and past our shores. And it's going to reverberate all over the world. All over the world. And put more of our troops on the line. Couldn't leave well enough alone. People, Trump said he wanted, Trump did want to get out. But he had conditions. Read the deal. Read it. Read it. It wasn't, we're going to get out no matter what. And on a time certain it was, these conditions have to be met. If you're literate, you can read it. That's not what Biden did. Period. So Biden starts off. The death of these these fantastic young men. It just it just kills you, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's so unnecessary. It's one thing when you're fighting to take ground, you're fighting to get our citizens out, you're fight But in the face of a surrender like this, that didn't have to happen. It's just, it's just hard to stomach. It's hard, it's hard to believe, really. And the guy gets up there like he's, uh, like he's right. He's self-righteous. This is what I mean. He's mentally incapable of doing many things, let alone president of the United States. And he says, this is why we need to stick to my timetable and get out as fast as we can. Basically, that's what he said. No circumspection, what, did I make a mistake? Maybe I should have left some of the more military, and maybe I should, no. The death of our soldiers, our Marines, demonstrates the correctness of Biden's decision. That is an incredibly stupid man, stubborn in his stupidity, that gets people killed. Look at the border. Exactly the same mindset. Look at the spending. Exactly the same mindset. 
Now, people are emailing me, hey, Mark, look, it's wonderful. More and more Republicans are calling for his resignation. They want his resignation. Uh, Is he going to resign, ladies and gentlemen? Mr. Producer, is he going to resign? This is the fan dance Republicans are doing. When they get behind articles of impeachment, then you can tell me. That's the only constitutional mechanism. I'm well aware the Democrats control the House. I'm well aware they control the Senate. But you have to build momentum for a position. If you expect Biden, especially after watching him now, to resign, no way. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We want to welcome Congressman Jim Banks, who served in Afghanistan. Congressman, we have a hell of a problem on our hands, sir. We have a commander-in-chief who is, uh, who is a disaster, uh, who surrendered, who pulled the military out, who left Americans behind enemy lines, as well as other allied citizens and allied Afghans. Uh, He created what I've been calling basically the Alamo, taking the air power away, the intelligence away, the Taliban encircles the the air base, and now the other cockroaches have come out of the woods, and now we've just lost 13 men. Now, what is your... I mean... Are the Republicans going to rally around impeachment? I know, I know it's a tough thing. I know we don't have enough. I know all that stuff. But shouldn't we start building the case to remove this man? Well, without a doubt, Mark. I mean, if this would have happened on Donald Trump's watch, if a single American life would have been lost because of the direct actions and orders by Donald Trump as the commander-in-chief, you better believe the Democrats would have moved toward and ultimately have impeached Donald Trump. And now we have a growing number of casualties. The number keeps growing. It just grew a little bit more reports by the Pentagon, um, more more attacks, unconfirmed reports of more disasters ongoing on the ground in Afghanistan, directly because of the incompetence of this administration and this commander in chief, who's proven time and time again over the last week, he is incapable of performing his duties as commander in chief. So to that point, We don't have to make the case. He's made it for us, his negligence, his incompetence, and that of those who he has surrounded himself with. I'll tell you, this week we had a number of classified private briefings from the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, the Chair of the Joint Chiefs, and others in the Biden administration who told us one thing behind closed doors. They admitted mistakes. They talked about the dangerous situation on the ground. And then you had the president time and time again appear before cameras and give scripted remarks that cut directly contradicted the statements that we heard behind closed doors by those around him. Either he's been lying to us all along, which that in and of itself deserves a look at impeachment, or he's not talking to those that he put in these powerful positions to advise him and to perform the duties and ultimately uh, to to direct uh, the the, uh, activities on the ground in Afghanistan. No matter how you look at it, this is a a disaster of Joe Biden's own making. Now let's just look at this tiny little sliver here. Six days ago, Biden promised, quote, swift and forceful response for any attacks. 
Now, quote, the moment of our choosing, unquote. We've got five days to go. And as you just pointed out, the enemy's on the move. So if we don't act quickly and we're doing things on our own timing and our own choosing, how are we going to convince them not to attack again? You, you can't. I mean, you, you have to project American force. You remember that the very first thing that Donald Trump did when he became president was drop, he dropped it. One of the first things that he did was so significant at the time. Looking back, it was powerfully significant in his uh, four-year term. He dropped the MLB, remember, the mother of all bombs. Oh, he, I do. He made a statement in that moment. And this president has made the opposite statement. He's made a statement that projects weakness, that, that ISIS-K, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, not, not just them, but, but China, Russia, our enemies abroad, they smell American weakness unlike at any point in American history. They view this president as weak. They don't respect him. They don't respect America in the way that they did eight months ago when Donald Trump was the commander-in-chief. That's the shame of it. The shame of it is that, 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 that in the immediacy of these attacks by ISIS-K this morning, we, the, the, the reaction should have been swift. It should have been uh, widely viewed on the global stage. And instead, we've seen inaction by this president and uh, and those around him. It would have taken a little longer. I mean, after all, he took all of our military assets outside that airport out of the theater. It's unbelievable. And he's talking about we're going to track these people down. Well, we removed all of our intelligence assets. He says these things. His people write these things. I look at the people around him for the most part. You have Kamala Harris. She's a complete loser. She has no military intelligence background. You look at his chief of staff, exactly the same thing. You look at his national security advisor, same thing. You look at his secretary of state, same thing. They have basically these Ivy League eggheads who don't know what the hell they're doing. And apparently, congressman, and I'll say, you don't have to, we have some of the most pathetic generals, top brass, that this country's ever produced, in my humble opinion. And look at the Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin. Uh, by, by the way, I mean, history re- seems to repeat itself. And you look at wh- what, did, what was Lloyd Austin doing in, in the Obama years? He was, he, was, uh, he was the general in the Middle East. He was the one who was whispering in President Obama's ear that the ISIS was the JV team of, te- of terrorism, remember? I mean, that, uh, he, he oversaw the, uh, the, the botch pullout of Iraq that led to ISIS. Uh, building up in Syria, he botched uh, Syria, he botched Iraq. So instead of uh, sending him on to retirement uh, for good, Joe Biden picks him and taps him to be the leader of the Pentagon. And now he's botched this effort as well. I mean, there's there's no way to undo the damage that occurred this morning. The damage has been done over the last month. But what I had hoped that the President of the United States would have done before cameras an hour ago is to appear and say, I'm replacing all of them. I'm replacing the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense. I'm retiring the chair of the Joint Chiefs. I'm putting leaders in their place who will restore and rebuild American greatness at home and abroad. Instead, he doubled down. Instead, he said he, he, said he, he takes responsibility. And while that's noble, it doesn't do anything to change the situation. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything to prevent more bloodshed uh, from, from happening, more American lives cost. Uh, on, on the ground in Afghanistan, does nothing to, to, to evacuate Americans from behind enemy lines. There are thousands of them who are still there, but they're not doing anything to, to evacuate them safely. And there's nothing they can do. We've created a scenario, or he has, and his military uh, generals have, where we have no options. 
unless we want to send a significant military response in, which I would still support. But Mark, you don't go to war. Hey, look, I'm talking to people who've gone to war, who've been there. I'm talking to commanders. I'm talking about generals who fought these people. And they say that's the only way to get this done. And because Joe Biden has created this scenario, it's unfortunate that we have this situation. But we cannot leave American citizens behind enemy lines. We have never done that. I was talking about that movie, Private Ryan. Remember that movie, Congressman? Oh, yes. Inspiring movie. And they spent an entire, sent an entire unit to get him. The point is, yes. we don't leave our people behind. Citizens behind enemy lines with these cutthroats? Your final words, sir. You got to do whatever it takes to, to evacuate every American safely. And to your point, whatever it takes, that, that we have the, the strongest, the greatest military in the history of the world. You go in and evacuate these Americans and get them out safely. Otherwise, Mark, you project to the rest of the world that America has, has retreated. And, and we are no, we, we've already diminished so greatly on the world stage. But if we leave Americans behind, that will have repercussions for a long time to come. But I don't know how, I don't know how you will ever undo that. And I'll tell you something else, Congressman. Every American citizen who travels overseas will no longer be safe. They can be kidnapped. They can be brutalized. Because the enemy knows this administration won't do a damn thing about it. Unlike Trump, where they know they knew he would hunt them down to the ends of the earth. And I love the way that Joe Biden takes responsibility by constantly pointing to Trump. I would encourage members of the House, Republicans at least, read Trump's plan. Whether you wanted to get out or not, read the plan. They had to negotiate with the Afghan government. There were all kinds of contingencies in there. I mean, it's, it's not what's going on today. That's not what Trump did. Anyway. Trump uh, set the, the playbook to avoid this situation by keeping a light footprint of special operations, counterterrorism forces there to make sure that this wouldn't happen, Mark. And the Biden administration retreated from that. They, the, the blame falls fully on his shoulders. And I think Trump would have bombed the living hell out of these people. And we know he did it before. You're exactly right. Well, Congressman, uh, keep fighting. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your service. And we hope to have you back soon, sir. You got it. Thank you very much. God bless you. I never spoke to Congressman Jim Banks before, but we've been watching him, and he's been a very, very important voice. Very important voice. This Sunday, if I'm not preempted, this Sunday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, We're going to have a very, very important show. Yes, do I say that? I say it often because they are. I don't have a conga line of guests, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very careful about the guests I want to bring on because it relates to things that are going on. Or when it's not in a period of tumult, these are people who are movers and shakers that I want you to be aware of. But we're going to have Congressman Dan Crenshaw, who's not only a hero but brilliant, and Congressman Bryant uh, Mast, also brilliant, also a hero. In the case of Mass, both of his legs had to be amputated in part of his left hand. And in the case of Dan Crenshaw, he wears his, his injuries every time he's on television. He lost an eye, and the other eye is, uh, he can barely see out of the other eye. And these are two brilliant men. And I very much want you to hear from them on Sunday. If you can't watch it live at 8 p.m. Eastern, I hope you will DVR it. I'll be right back. Mark 
my understanding that Mitch McConnell is encouraging all these vicious attacks in Georgia against Herschel Walker. Because, you know, Mitch McConnell and uh, the Svengali, what's his name? Karl Rove. They have a different candidate. You know, they did so well last time with the uh, two mannequins. The idea that you have a senator from Kentucky and an operative from Texas who keep reaching into these states to try to affect the outcomes and have done very, very poorly, I might add, is really quite outrageous. Always talk about the Democrat Party opening up to minorities, but they're just like the left. They don't really mean that. They want people who are going to do what they want. Mitch McConnell's been around way too long. He only gets involved in in, uh, Senate races and Republican primaries for people who are going to support him. And anyone he supports, we should oppose. Now, let's get this started. Peter Ducey's a real reporter. Boy, who was that flunky from AP? Unbelievable some of the dumbass questions that are asked. Well, the media have turned on him. What did I tell you the other day? How stupid that line was. And yet it's puked all over the place. Let's get started. You can hear it as best as you can, as best as we can. Cut 26, go. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know as well as I do that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others but would not attack any Th- American This is forces. why I have to keep going back to that. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find this on the Internet. You can find this on the internet. He's lying about what was agreed to. There were conditions in that agreement. Now, why the press don't report that is beyond, well, it's not, they're corrupt. But Ducey just asked him, do you take any responsibility for this? Did you think you made any mistake? He's attacking Trump. Pretty, pretty bad. Go ahead. Remember that? I'm I'm being serious. No, I'm asking you a question, uh, because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that that accurate, the best of your knowledge? I'm asking him a question, and they basically turned off the microphone. No, it's not accurate, you numbskull. Go ahead. What? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed. And that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it, or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made 
by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. Well, there you have it. Let's go on. We have cut 27. Go. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. But imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st, I was not going to renegotiate an evacuation date. We were going to stay there. I'd have only one alternative pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view that we should be sacrificing American lives to try to establish a democratic government in Afghanistan a country that has never once in its entire history been a united country and is made up, I don't mean this in a derogatory, made up of different tribes who have never, ever, ever gotten along with one another. And so, as I said before, and this is the last comment I'll make, we'll have more chance to talk about this, unfortunately, beyond, because we're not out yet. If... Osama bin Laden, as well as al-Qaeda, had chosen to launch an attack when they left Saudi Arabia out of Yemen, would we have ever gone to Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban completely controlled Afghanistan at the time, would we have ever gone? I know it's not fair to ask you questions, it's rhetorical, but Raise your hand if you think we should have gone and given up thousands of lives and tens of thousands of wounded. Our interest in going was to prevent al-Qaeda from reemerging, first to get bin Laden, wipe out al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, prevent that from happening again. As I've said a hundred times, Terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries, a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20-year war. What a stupid guy. We were there to get rid of al-Qaeda. And guess who brought them back? At least in terms of threatening. I guess who brought them back, ladies and gentlemen? He did. He did. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. We expect... Attacks to continue, quote-unquote. I believe that was General McKenzie, who reports to the Secretary of Defense. 
We expect attacks to continue, ladies and gentlemen. On the Kabul airport. Where our men are sitting ducks. And you see, the enemy does not expect attacks to continue. They don't expect any attacks. Now, I just want you to think about that. You don't have to have a military background. Just two brain cells to rub together. We expect the enemy to attack. We expect there to be more attacks on our men and women at that airbase. At that airport. But the enemy doesn't expect any attacks to come. Because we don't have the resources. We don't have the air power. We don't have the intelligence. Do you see what I mean? This, this is insanity. This is insanity. We expect more attacks to come, quote unquote. You would think somebody who has spent his or her life in the military, all the way up to a significant position, a general, two stars, three stars, some cases four, who would find this to be relatively problematic, don't you think, Mr. Producer? We've got our American Marines and soldiers in a cabal airport, airbase rather. No, I guess it's an airport. Four and a half million people. The Taliban surrounded. Were hit by ISIS. That's what they say. And we expect to get hit again. Maybe worse. What are you going to do about it? Well, our mission is we're going to get the hell out of there as fast as we can. You got till Tuesday? So even if you're going to get the hell out of there as fast as you can, like your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that's five days where the enemy knows you're not going to hit them and that you can't hit them because you shut down your Air Force, you idiot. But don't worry. In our time and at the right place, We'll hunt them down and kill them. Well, how does that serve as a disincentive for the next five days? For people who are blowing themselves up, Mr. Producer. They're blowing themselves up. God help us. And our military, our poor military. Good Lord. And he does this in the name of the military. He does it in the name of the military. Suddenly our troops are heroes to the Democrats and to Mr. Biden. It wasn't that long ago when they were concerned that there were too many white supremacists among them. Where they were checking their social media sites. Where they were indoctrinating them with critical race. Remember that? Oh yeah, I remember that. Deadliest day for our troops in Afghanistan in 10 years. While we're surrendering. They won't let us surrender in peace. Can you imagine? They won't let us. You know why? They're terrorists. That's why. It's not a matter of us being in Afghanistan. We exist. That's their problem. We exist. Now think about the people who said, whoa. 
the argument that we're going to fight over there and not here. Then they go on to twist themselves in the pretzels. Well, now that's exactly what's going to happen. It already did on 9-11. Oh, we have this 20-year war. No, we didn't. Why do they keep lying with that? Well, you know, send your own kids over there. Okay, somebody's kids just died. Well, it's, it's the way we pulled out. Well, of course it's the way we pulled out. We surrendered and took our military out. But it's not just that. The Trump plan was never to just pull out and just end it. There's, you can't just end it when the enemy wants not a 20-year war, but a forever war. It's shocking to hear stupidity, endless stupidity. Endless stupidity, even from people who should know better. Now, this is the kind of a guest CBS Evening News puts on their program with Nora O'Donnell. And this is why you despise the corrupt American media. Cut 11, go. The question has been raised. Why didn't the U.S. get out Americans and our Afghani friends before the Taliban were able to take control of Kabul? You warned about this in a cable. Were you ignored? We put out uh, repeated warnings every three weeks to Americans going back to, I think, March or April. Uh, Each one in stronger terms, leave now, leave immediately. Uh, Never in my my, uh, 40 years of working, uh, uh, since I began working at the State Department, have I seen such strong, uh, such strong language used. Uh, people chose not to leave. That's that's their business. That's their right. All right, let, uh, let's let's let let's slow down here. What else were these people told by the president of the United States? What else were they told? That there's no way the Taliban can take over the country. It's not going to fall that fast, and so forth and so on. They've been told a lot of things. These people. So here we have this guy now who wants you to believe these citizens are. They're not victims. That they sealed their own fate. Now many of these people who went to Afghanistan. Went to Afghanistan because they're Afghan Americans. They have family members in Afghanistan. Either because those family members wanted to stay. Or they can't get into the United States or any other country. Some cases they have elderly parents who are sick. Some cases they have individuals in their family. Who have been serving in the Afghan army. And got injured, or they want to check them out and make sure everything's okay. They make it sound like these people, you know, they're there, they are, they're in Afghanistan. We told them to get out, they just wouldn't get out. They just wouldn't get out. How about the embassy employees, the Afghans who worked in our embassy, who were helping us right to the end? They just wouldn't get out. How about the interpreters and the others who were there right at the end helping us? They just wouldn't get out, don't you know? We kept telling them. Unbelievable, really, in my view. You know, I told you about that piece the other day. I think it was in Politico, wherever, where the Biden administration was upset with the media because they weren't getting the props that they deserved. That was the word, the props. Hey, we deserve props, you know. We've done such a fantastic job here. 
You've done a fantastic job for the enemy. That's right, I said it. And now 13 magnificent Americans, young, red-blooded patriots, are dead. And more to come, they warn us. Oh, yeah. There's going to be more strikes, they predict. More strikes. You're in the middle of Kabul. The Taliban have encircled you. They're in charge of your security. You sent your air force away. You sent your intelligence of people away. You have no external military support. Your new friend, the Taliban, has released at least 5,000 Al-Qaeda and ISIS prisoners. Well, you know, they always fight with each other. While they all hate us, that's for sure, so that unites them. We expect attacks to continue. Wouldn't it be nice if the enemy expected one attack, let alone attacks to continue? But we can't, because Biden has been emboldened. He says, this demonstrates basically that I'm right, and we got to pursue our mission. And our mission is what? To get the hell out of there. Well, wait a minute. We just lost 13 men. Your mission's already failed. We can't account for every citizen. Now you have people attacking our own citizens. The whole geopolitical scenario, not just in that region, but the rest of the world has now changed. There's going to be more provocation. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. This guy, Ezra Klein, he's another nut job. He's writing a piece of... It wasn't just the evacuation, you know. I hear these reporters say, all four presidents are responding. No, they're not. No, they're not. One president. Don't allow them to pile on the static. It's one president who did this. One man. You know what's interesting? If he had left Afghanistan alone, if he had left the border alone, We'd be in far better shape, would we not? Far better shape. But this is a guy who wants to stir the pot, everything. He's got the most diverse administration in history. No, he's got the most physically diverse administration in history. When it comes to genitalia, what you do with genitalia, pigmentation and so forth. But when it comes to intelligence, when it comes to substance, when it comes to viewpoints, there's nothing diverse about it. They're all radical kooks. We will hunt you down, says Biden. Oh, really? We'll hunt him down now. Nah, nah. Our time, our... Ju- Sir, we have five days left. You've said we're going to get hit. Your general says we're going to get hit again, potentially. Don't you think you ought to hit him now? No, on our time, place, and our choosing. Because they can't hit him. Because he won't put the force structure in place. To hit them. Everybody knows this. Including the enemy. But don't worry. The Taliban's working. We don't trust them, mind you. But we just gave them a list of all of our citizens. And all of our friends in Afghanistan who assisted them. We don't trust them. They're not good people. Hey, they're not good people. But we just gave them a list. A kill list. A kill list. $85 billion worth of our equipment. It won't just be the Taliban, Al-Qaeda will have it, ISIS will have it, 
Anybody who wants it will have it. They're shipping our highest tech stuff over to the communist Chinese and the Iranians so they can take it apart and see how we did things. Uh, They're sending them over to Putin, same thing. What do you think's going on in Xi's little Politburo? They're trying to figure out what to do in terms of offensive moves against us. What do you think Putin's up to? Same thing. How about the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran? Same thing. Same thing. I'll be right back. While all this is going on around, Pelosi was pushing her over $5 trillion bill that will destroy this country internally both in terms of our finances and debt and in terms of our Medicare and Medicaid programs. Uh, It will destroy the family structure with all kinds of freebies where they're inducing people to rely on government. It will destroy our job-creating power in this country. And, of course, it's a war on successful people, good little Marxists. You know, they're going after the bourgeoisie, the 39% who actually pay taxes, federal income taxes in this country. It provides for massive amnesty. It provides for a federalization of our election laws, completely change it to ensure the Democrats can't lose. All this is going on while 13 of our men were killed, while there's disaster in Afghanistan, while there's disaster on the border. All this is going on because they know Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Low IQ and everything else. That Joe Biden is the funnel through which they push their agenda. This is all going on right now. Somewhat subterranean. But it's no secret. And this is the nature of American Marxism. Here we have this disaster that's going on. A true foreign policy disaster. The likes of which most of us haven't seen in our lifetimes. And they're still on the march. The American Marxists are still on the march. In fact, under the cover of this crisis, like under the cover of the, of the virus, they push their agenda. They're changing the voting system because of the virus. Massive new spending and programs and redistribution of wealth because of the virus. And on and on and on. So American Marxism, we must keep an eye on it, no matter what else is going on in this country or the rest of the world. You've got to look over your shoulder. You've got to look over your shoulder. This is the most consequential book I've ever written. It's the most consequential message, message that I've ever relayed. If you haven't gotten your copy of American Marxism, please do. I'll be right back. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello America, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. The reason that I bring up this issue of American Marxism because it all spawns from this. What you're seeing spawns from this. The open border spawns from this. The murder rates because of the attack on cops and our court system and our prison system is spawned from this. The economic effort to transition from a centralized Marxist-oriented model away from a capitalist system spawns from this. And folks, it has consequences. It has consequences. It can cost people their lives. It can cost them their livelihood. You see what happens. The undoing of Americanism. Pull a thread here. Pull a thread there. Pull a thread here. Pull a thread here. They're pulling threads everywhere. They want to project onto our society and onto our culture an ideology. An ideology that's been tested as disastrous. And an ideology that has no boundaries. Look at Joe Biden. He doesn't step back and say, well, maybe I made a mistake. No circumspection whatsoever. Look at how they spend money. If a program doesn't work, what do they do? They double its budget and they expand it. They'd rather attack a Republican governor, DeSantis or Abbott, than secure the border and prevent people from coming into this country who have the coronavirus. These people are going to destroy America. They're already destroying America. And at the same time, you have diabolical, evil regimes. Including, and not limited to, the communist regime in China. They are on the move. They are on the rise. We are in decline. Because we have the wrong people in the wrong places. That's what's going on. So we can have 20 years of progress in Afghanistan. From our perspective, a relatively neutral country at this point, people have called it a stalemate, I think Vice President Pence did, fine. And now it's unleashed. We had a tiny footprint there. Tiny footprint there, but it wasn't good enough. Got to shake things up, got to stir it up. The state of Israel has multiple peace plans now with Muslim slash Arab countries. So the Biden administration is trying to reverse all the progress that's been made in the Middle East with these Muslim countries and Israel. Going back to embracing the Palestinians who are led by terrorists. Led by terrorists who do not believe that Israel or the Jewish people have a right to exist. And Hamas, of course, was uh, congratulating the Taliban. So they want to set a match to that. A lit match. Our borders were largely secured. A little bit more fencing, a couple of months. So they stopped the wall. 
We're paying billions of dollars for steel that's now rusting in the desert on the border. With hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people coming into this country. As we expand the massive welfare state into an unbelievably massive welfare state. Our children aren't being educated. Quite the contrary. We need a word for the opposite of educated. Should I coin one? They're being diseducated. How do you like that? And I'm not even a professor. And we're paying hundreds of billions of dollars to the teachers' unions, to the educational bureaucracy, for crap. Crap. So they can push their radical agenda, their American Marxism agenda, and get it into as many minds of as many little kids as possible. We can't take our eye off of this. Even when we're facing a deadly foe, which we are now. And in Afghanistan, they have the upper hand, thanks to this president. Well, how did we get this president? How did we get this kind of a Democrat party? How did we get this kind of a media? Well, it's here. It's here. American Marxism is here. This is why they were so desperate. To push a vote on the multi-trillion dollar budget. It's not even a budget. It's more than that. And all these phony moderates, they counted 10. Oh, we have 10 moderates. All voted for it. What's a Goshmeyer? Whatever the guy's name. Goshmeyer Schmidt. Josh Gottheimer. I was close. He is the chief of the stupid and the dishonest. What's that group they call? We can get it done group. Or the bipartisan group. You know, they give themselves names. Hey, we're the bipartisan and bisexual group. Or whatever they are. I don't know what they are. But they lie through their teeth. They can stop Pelosi, but they won't. They vote for her. So whatever Pelosi gets applies to North New Jersey. Orlando. Parts of Virginia. Oh, yeah. Pelosi's all in. She always was. She's a crackpot. Always was. Trillions and trillions of dollars. And the only area of the budget that's flat is the military. Now think about that. Creating new programs, expanding programs, trillions and trillions of dollars. And the only area that's flat is the military military I've said this many times since the Biden presidency even before but I'll say it again I've said it on Fox I've said it here I've said it on Levin TV Joe Biden and the Democrats are doing more damage to this country than the communist Chinese could possibly do they are They're doing more damage to this country than the communist Chinese could possibly do. The communist Chinese got the candidate they wanted. A true Manchurian candidate. Joe Robinette Biden Jr. And you can thank your media for this. Your corrupt, fraudulent, stinking 
American media. That has nothing to do with freedom of the press and everything to do with censorship and cover-up and propaganda. Joined by their new friends in big tech. Oh, big tech. Big tech, the worst that there can possibly be. The combination of corporatism and American Marxism. We've seen this in history before. We saw it in the 1930s, dare I say. I think I will. I just did. We saw it. When the corporatists surrender capitalism and push propaganda, and you see it all over the place. You see it with uh, Coca-Cola. You see it with broadcast companies. You see it all over the place. This is extraordinarily dangerous. They try to dictate content through either censorship or other means. It's what they do. You've got these woke boards. Tell me, is there a single corporate board with a major corporation that's majority conservative, Mr. Producer? I can't think of one. Not one. Hello, not one. Boy. And so this is why we have to keep our eye on the ball. In fact, there's a lot of balls. Afghanistan, a perfect example. It's hard to sleep at night, isn't it? It's hard to walk around. It's hard to enjoy yourselves. It's hard to be happy when you see what's going on with your country. When you see what's going on to our, with our military. And then you see what they're trying to do to us domestically. That's why we have to galvanize and rally. We have to stand together. That's why I'm blessed to be behind this microphone. And to have one show on Fox. And to have Levin TV. And that's why I encourage you to embrace the arguments and the points in American Marxism and spread the word, spread the word, spread the word. We need you. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. By the way, I have a request for MSNBC. This is a side issue, footnote. I understand you're paying uh, Rachel Maddow $30 million a year to do a weekly show. Did you see that, Rich? Would you put her up against me on Sundays? I'm, I'm quite honest about this. MSNBC, will you put Rachel Maddow on 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays up against me? Here's why. Because I'm going to defeat her, and she's getting $30 million. Right, Mr. Producer? That means I should get a lot more money, No. Did I? You're speechless. No, I want to go up against Rachel Maddow, seriously. So please, MSNBC, put her on 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sundays on MSNBC against me on Fox. Claudia Tenney had to fight like hell to win her seat in New York because the Democrats tried to take it, and a judge almost handed it to them. But she's a tough lady, she's a smart lady, and she's with us now. And Claudia Tenney, I want to welcome you, and I see that you are pressing the Speaker of the House on the issue of impeachment. Would you explain, please? Yes, thank you. It's an honor to be on your show, as always. Uh, You do such an amazing job. uh, Thank you. For you to hear, what we're trying to do is force the Speaker of the House to consider the impeachment article. 
as a Republican in the minority, and, and I'll be at a close minority, Nancy Pelosi acts like she's got a 70-person majority, uh, but the Republicans need to be more aggressive. And if we can force this impeachment issue by forcing her to answer to all the Democrats and the, and the Republicans out there who, are, who also had voted to impeach President Trump over a lesser standard, they have a low bar. Now is the time to impeach President uh, Biden over this disaster in Afghanistan. And I want, the, I want the speaker to answer why she's going to not accept this or not pursue this as the days continue to be more grim for servicemen and women who are in harm's way. Well, we're, we're getting a little garbled. If you're on the cell, just move a little bit. All right. Now that's 100 times better. <laughs> well, you're exactly right. And how, how do they justify this? I mean, Trump writes, uh, doesn't even write a letter. They have a transcript of a phone call that neither he nor the president of Ukraine thought had any problems. So they twist it and turn it, the one or two words. And then, of course, they accuse him. Let, let me ask you something, Congressman. This is amazing to me. We're in a state of war now in Afghanistan. We're under attack. We're under attack. And we're not attacking back. We're under attack. And you have a committee in Congress set up by Pelosi that's busy subpoenaing your fellow Republicans' records, that's trying to subpoena Donald Trump's records, and, and thankfully told them to stick it. And, 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 and they're pushing this, this outrageous, hard-left agenda while all this is going on. I mean, they never stop, do they? They never stop, and that's why we have to fight even harder than they do. As you know from my election, I, the Democrats never went on policy. They went on process. And until the Republicans learn that, we have to recognize we are in a blood sport, and we need to play like we're in a blood sport. They play to win. We play to talk about the Constitution and govern, which is all important. But in the end, we need to hold them accountable. Uh, my son is an active-duty Marine right now, and this is just sickening what I'm seeing. Oh uh, my heart is just broken seeing Marines losing their life over this horrible strategy, uh, this horrible situation that's been created by our president, you know, claiming that he's the one in control. Uh, everyone needs to go on this. Is this a Bay of Pigs incident? I think it's everything all in one. This is worse than Saigon. It's Saigon, Tehran. Beirut all in one because we are using this airport in Kabul as our diplomatic staging area. We closed our almost $800 million uh, uh, embassy in, in uh, Kabul to stage out of an airport, and now we have Marines killed, uh, bombed here. This is a combination of terrible, terrible situation with a president who's feeble, who uh, was in, incomprehensible today, who said he was going to go hunt down and kill people. I'm like, yeah, right. These people are suicide bombers. They're already dead. You don't even know who they are. Are they ISIS-K? Are they Taliban? Who are they? Unbelievable. And uh, he's going to hunt them and get them while he's pulling our military out? I mean, this doesn't even make any sense. And um, he already told them, if you attack us, we're going to hit you. Like, and then he says, now we'll hit you when, you know, when, we, when we decide the right time, the right. But we're there five more days. They tell us they're going to hit us. We don't tell them we're going to hit them. It is they who should be worried that we're going to hit them rather than the other way around. I mean, our guys are sitting ducks there, are they not? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's shameful for me to sit here as a member of Congress. You're the American president standing in the White House. Rich, let's call her back. We have a bad connection. All right. I'm sorry, uh, Congresswoman, but it's, it's coming in and out. I do want to hear her, her last words because she is guts. 
And we're going to see how many more Republicans in the House of Representatives get behind this movement. I know they're worried. They're saying, well, we're going to win anyway. Don't get so cocky. Don't get so cocky. We're going to win anyway. We're going to win the majority anyway. Don't get so cocky. I mean, you've got to turn the people out. They're going to come out, but so will the other side. Now, I think we're going to do very well, but not due to anything we're doing, that is in Congress. But sometimes right is right and wrong is wrong, and you do what's right in order to fight wrong. And there is no way Joe Biden should be president of the United States. I know we don't have a majority. I know who stands behind her and who st- stands behind her, too. Harris and Pelosi. But you have to hold people accountable. We're not going to get the votes in the Senate to remove Joe Biden. But he needs to have the impeachment mark on him and what he's done. And the whole world needs to see it. Not that trash they did to Donald Trump. There's a reason that we need to do this now. There's a reason. Did you get her back or no? All right, Congressman, I'm sorry. What were you saying? You were finishing your thought. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, it makes me sick as uh, the mother of a Marine officer to watch our American president stand in the White House and say that the success of a U.S. military mission depends on a terrorist group. Where have we gone? And we're talking about the Taliban, begging permission from the Taliban to let our troops go in. And we're talking, listening to General McKenzie saying, well, we're going to see if we can push the perimeter out farther. No, we need to use our special forces to rescue American citizens who are stranded. This is insane what is happening. This, this president needs to go. He needs to be impeached, as do all the people below him. I mean, I know they're not great options if he's impeached, but we've got, it. We've got to move on to somebody at least get to well, the point where we have someone that has... So he needs to be impeached. There's no question about it. And I want to thank you, Congresswoman. I'm thankful that you're there. I'm thankful you're a fighter like you are and you have the guts to do what you're doing. And my best uh, to your son, I believe it is, who's in the Marines. God bless you, ma'am. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the voice liberals fear most and you can call mark at 877-381-3811 i read this the other day i want to read it to you again it's very short very short it's on the back of american marxism but i think it's poignant particularly tonight american marxism has made great progress toward instituting its goals over the last several years If it is to be defeated as it must, albeit a daunting and complex mission, its existence must first be acknowledged and labeled for what it is. The urgency of the moment must be realized, and the emergence of a unified patriotic front of previously docile, divergent, and or disputatious societal, cultural, and political factions and forces which have in common their belief that America is worth defending, must immediately galvanize around and rally to the cause. We must rise to the challenge, as did our founding fathers, when they confronted the most powerful force on earth, the British Empire, and defeated it. Admittedly, the numerous ways today's threat 
is more Byzantine, as it now inhabits most of our institutions and menaces from within, making engagement difficult and complicated. Nonetheless, I fervently believe America as we know it will be forever lost if we do not prevail. I could write a happy book. I could be a Pollyanna, but I would be lying to you. And you can see the decline. You can see the decline in our classrooms. You can see the decline in sports leagues. We can see the decline in media. You can see the decline in our politics. And you can see how this poison infects even the most fundamental and patriotic aspects of this society. How it spreads its cancer in our military, law enforcement, our court system. Did you see where an Obama-appointed judge in Detroit referred Sidney Powell, and who was the other gentleman, Mr. Producer? Can you Google that real fast? To the state bar because she wants them to be disbarred. Linwood, that's right. Now, you don't have to agree with what they filed and what they said during the course of the election or after the election. But this is three lawyers now who have their livelihoods and their careers being subjected to left-wing institutions that seek to destroy them. This is beyond the arguments and the substance. A judge can admonish a lawyer without trying to destroy them, but the Obama judge in Michigan wants to destroy Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. Again, whatever you think of their arguments. She wants them disbarred, an Obama judge. Then we look at the bar in New York that wants to take the license away from Rudy Giuliani. What did he do? Well, he made arguments they don't like. So they want to disbar Rudy Giuliani. They want to disbar Powell. And they want to disbar, who was it? Linwood. Why? Why? It's not good enough to rule against them? It's not even good enough to admonish them? Then you look at the judge in Washington, D.C., another Obama appointee. And fortunately, Paul Manafort drew her as the trial judge, and she throws him in prison, throws him in solitary confinement, and tells him he can't talk. Next up, Roger Stone. She abuses him, tries to silence him. It's amazing. Where are all the Russia collusion lawyers? Any of them being disbarred? Any of them being sanctioned? I don't think so. Why not? Why not? It's really quite, uh, quite sickening. 
quite sickening what's taking place in this country. Again, you don't have to agree with them on anything. That's not my point, is it? Let's go to Bill. Central Lake, Michigan, Sirius Satellite. Bill, how are you, sir? Hey, wonderful, Mark. What an what a, what a, what a absolute honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. I'm reading your book, by the way. I'm 100 pages into American Mark. Now, tell the truth. Tell the truth. What do you think about it? It's an excellent book, Mark. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And i got to tell you, I'm, uh, in fairness, I don't consider myself an uneducated American in, in regards to history and, and where our country is and in the rise of Marxism and socialism in America. I'm, I kind of in tune to this stuff. But That's something good. you hit in your book that was just so obvious is when you said, and, this, and everybody will know, this is what happens when you tell the truth, uh, which you do. You're a truth teller. When you talk about why hasn't there been an exodus, because, you know, these socialists, they hate America, right? Why hasn't there been some great exodus to one of these socialist utopias like uh, Cuba or Venezuela or, uh, you know, Soviet Union back then or Maoist China? I see people leaving those countries to come to America, but you, that was an excellent point, Mark. I mean, that's mm-hmm. so obvious. Um, you know, I really enjoy Because they're it. frauds. They don't want to live the way they dictate to us. You can see it every time, whether it's Newsom in California or it's Pelosi, whether it's the Obamas who live in the lap of luxury like a king and a queen. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, like every one of these Marxist regimes, they're not for the people. The people become the servants. They become the slave of the system. Whereas the people who run it live completely. Look at Maduro in Venezuela, Chavez before him. Look at the Castros. On and on and on. Even, even look in this country. Like I say, the Obamas aren't building their library in Camden, New Jersey or Newark or anything like that. No. They want to take public parkland and impose this monstrosity on the people around them. They don't live in any of these areas they talk about. Martha's Vineyard, one of the most expensive homes in Washington, D.C., one of the most expensive homes in Chicago. Look at LeBron James. So full of crap. The guy is, is, uh, is, is swimming in hundreds of millions of dollars. He doesn't live among the people he claims to defend and support, and I could go on and on and on. So these people who are down for the revolution, they're down for nothing. Anyway, go right ahead. Hey, hey Mark, r- r- real quick, I want to talk about Joe Biden in Afghanistan. That's actually why I've been waiting to talk to you. But I would like to say you, you hit on Lynn Wood and, and – um, Sidney Powell, what they're doing. In well, we're going to run out of time. You may not know me, but yep, I'm, I'm the plaintiff in Antrim County, and Matt DiPerno is my attorney. And, and I don't even know what we're talking about. I won't get into details. But, well, uh, um, but let's stick to the subject. Go ahead. You called about uh, Biden and Afghanistan. Flip. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, we'll go to that, Mark. So Joe Biden... Uh, this is what weakness does when you have a weak president. Uh, this would have never happened under Donald Trump. Nope. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, th- these people despise weakness, by the way, in the Middle East, which I, I know you know. Uh, and this wouldn't be happening under President Trump. Uh, Joe Biden is a weak leader, and, and we're seeing it play out. He should not only resign, which I know he, he won't do, but he should be impeached. And I appreciate Claudia, you know, this is worthy of a discussion. Maybe we'll discuss this more tomorrow. What about the responsibility of the Democrat Party knowingly, 
nominating somebody who is incapable of functioning as a serious president, or the media as a functionary of the Democrat Party in the Biden campaign, or Dr. Biden, as I've mentioned here a long time ago, that she should have made sure her husband didn't ever see the inside of the White House again. She knows better. And uh, what about all of them having some responsibility for this? Even now, as soon as the debacle and the unraveling occurred with the Biden surrender policy, Nancy Pelosi immediately came to his defense. And of course, my response was, well, Nancy, why don't you trade positions with one of the women over there? And, and we can go on and on. Schumer said nothing. He was out dancing with Stephen Colbert. If you call that dancing, it looked like he was having a stroke, actually. So they have some responsibility to Bill. I'm sorry, I took up a lot of your time here. i got to take a break. Don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. I'll be right back. Mark in. You know of any other radio host who came on the air when this guy became the national security advisor? was up for confirmation, and I was telling the Republicans to vote him down? This guy, Sherman? No, you don't. When Anthony Blinkley was up, do you have any other host behind a microphone who said this guy should be voted down? No. But I said so, and the Republicans could have stopped him, or at least tried to stop him, both of them, but they didn't. But they didn't. Jake and Antony. You know, Biden has the right to have whomever he wants. That's not what the Constitution says. If that's true, then why is there an advise and consent provision in the Constitution for the United States Senate? You can just take a few minutes to read it, senators, Republicans. There was a lot of debate about this, but what they didn't want is a president just to have his way without some input from the Senate. And yet we have Republican senators who say, hey, they should have whomever they want. Now, they even say that in the face of having dealt with Schumer and the Democrats who tried to block everybody Donald Trump had nominated. This is why the old-time Republicans suck. May I say the word suck, Mr. Producer? I think I will. This is why. They don't fight. Mitch McConnell put out a statement today. Condemning uh, what's taking place in Afghanistan, and not once did he talk about the impeachment of Joe Biden. Not once. Let's take another call. Kevin, Sandown, New Hampshire, on the Mark Levin app. Kevin, how are you, sir? Go right ahead, please. Good, great one. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I'm just calling. I'm just calling you because uh, that address that Biden gave was just totally unsincere and just total, total. Just first, first of all, did you think he'd even get through it when he started? It was unbelievable. This guy no, has I, zero energy. It, it, no energy at all. It, it, it looks like he was almost falling asleep. Yep. Reading it. I couldn't believe it, and I just, I just got to say, your your book, American Marxism. I have read it twice, twice wow. now. Thank you. 
And I thought Liberty and Tyranny was good, but this so far is my favorite book right now. I just Thank gave you. it to my mother to read. Um, I'm going to send it to my dad. And I just dropped off 10 of them to my local library. Wow earlier today. First of all, you're awfully, awfully kind. I can't thank you enough for spreading the word, number one. Number two, since you brought it up, this book now is bigger than Liberty and Tyranny. This book is now bigger than Liberty it, and it Tyranny. Is, I never thought is, I would say um, that. No, it is amazing. And you, every single point, you just hit right on the dot. I've been listening to you since I was 16 years old. And I never miss a show, and I'm 27 now, so it is wow. it is great, and it's great for young people like me. And I'm a union guy, and I, I'm even you. telling all the union guys to to read this read this book. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, don't hang up because you're going to get a signed copy uh, for yourself while you're passing out all those other books. You're awfully awfully kind, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin listening since he was 16, Mr. But it's kind of like you. Weren't you like 12 years old when you started? I've got the best producer. Best call, call, call screener. I can say it. My mouth broke. We salute our armed forces, our police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. America, keep your chins up. We're in this together. And we pray for all the folks over there in Afghanistan. We pray that the enemy will die, by the way. See you tomorrow.